Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone and welcome to the third season of Parent Talk, everything parenting and more. We are broadcasting out of the Greater Vancouver area. I'm your host, Genevieve Kyle, mom of two. I'm also the host of Les Parents Parle, which is Parent Talk's French edition. And you can join me every Wednesday live on the web at Nikki Radio, N-I-K-Y-Radio.ca for a parenting segment at 12.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'm with my co-host, Heather Fox. Hi, Heather. Hello, everyone. Yes, Heather Fox here, co-host of Parent Talk. I am also a mom of two. And before we get going on this fantastic podcast today, I'd love to share with you all about our sponsor, Leapfrog Gymnastics. So Hudson and Alex have been going every weekend to their gymnastics class and are having so much fun. Their coach takes them around lots of fun circuits where they get to work on their strength and balance and lots of spatial awareness and body awareness. So they're getting lots of great skills, having a great time together. And we love this gym because it's also a recreational focus gym, which means a lot of their equipment is a little smaller scale. They have lots of specialized mats. Um, the boys love the ball pit and the trampolines. So they have a great time together. They're learning lots of stuff. And we would love you guys to join us as well. And Leapfrog Gymnastics is offering our listeners $25 off your first month of classes with the promo code PARENTTALK. So that's for new members only. And be sure to check them out on on their website at leapfroggym.com so you can get lots of information on their programming as well as birthday parties and they have a drop-in for preschoolers as well on Monday that's so something fun to check out so hope to see you guys there awesome yes Alex just loves it absolutely so today we are talking about when toddlers say no the big no right with Cherry Tam. Cherry is an early childhood educator. She is the founder of Parenting Littles and a mom. Welcome, Cherry. Well, thank you, Jen. And thank you, Heather, for having me out today. Awesome. Cherry, I would like it if you tell us a little bit more about Parenting Littles. Yes, absolutely. So at Parenting Littles, what we do is we help parents navigate young children's challenging behaviors using a respectful relationship-based approach. Our goal really is to play a part in helping modern families raise children who are confident, resilient, and emotionally intelligent. In addition to that, what we really strive to do is help parents reduce their everyday stresses um, because we know that if they carry a huge burden on their shoulders, it highly impacts how their children are developing and it deters them from being the best parents they can be. Mm -hmm, I totally get that. And of course, that brings me to our first question today. <laughs> Saying no. I'm aware um, it's a stage of development and it is important to a toddler's growth. So can you tell us a bit, a little bit about that? Yes, <laughs> the toddler stage. You often hear it called, you know, the terrible twos, right? That, yes. you know, they're just testing everything. They're trying everything. So I like to rephrase it to saying they're the trying twos because they're going through a stage where they want to try everything. So they're constantly testing our limits, pushing our buttons. And oftentimes it comes in the form of no, right? Toddlers are going through a stage where they are focused on asserting their independence. 
they're all about asserting their will and wanting control over everything, wanting control of what they can do and wanting control of their world. Yeah, I totally get that. I'm sure, Heather, we're, we're, we're in this toddler stage right now. So this is going right, to be a really good pod- <laughs> podcast for us, Heather. <laughs> so what is the best way to react and deal with our toddler when they respond to our request with a big no and there's no other choices? This is it. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, with toddlers, oftentimes I come, I, I think of it from a developmental approach. When a behavior happens, I, I do take a pause and I remind myself of this is the phase that they're going through. So it helps me flip the lens a little bit. So instead of seeing the behavior as a trigger point, it helps me reframe and refocus to think, okay, this is my child going through a big phase in their development. This is what their bodies are going through. And them saying no is just their way of their their way of showing us their growth right and so when it does happen the first thing i would say is take that breather for ourselves flip that lens um, and acknowledge what's happening right acknowledge what they're saying as that first step and then we can go through and deal with it i know you guys probably have some examples on i'm sure we do Okay, so when a no comes at a time when you really don't have time (laughs) to deal with it, um, and is it okay just to pick them up, move forward? Like, let's say we need to get going, we need to get in the car, and he's refusing to put shoes and coats on and all that stuff, just refusing to cooperate. Can I just pick him up, put him in the car, grab the shoes, jacket, deal with that later? Like, is that okay to just say, I don't know, like, you're having trouble with this? Like, I don't know. I'm just, like, we can't argue back and forth, so. Sometimes there's just no time. There's just no time. And of course, that's when it really happens, right? Because they sense that, I'm sure. (laughs) And I get what you're saying, Heather, because there's time then, you know, okay, you want to put your coat by yourself, no problem. But, you know, I have to be at work at 7.45. So I have to put Nathan in the car at 7.10 max. Anything after this, I'm late. So what do you do? Mm -hmm. So first step is to, if you can allot time for it, give them that chance, right? So if we can pre-plan so that we can leave a little bit more time for them to do it independently, they're going to fight you less. There's going to be less of that power struggle, right? So if we can give them that chance to do it, if possible, but of course, there are times where it's not possible. Sometimes when you got to go, you got to go and you just need to get out the door. And in those moments, yes, sometimes you will have to help them up and you know carry them to the car with jacket and shoes in hand and not on them Um, but I would say there's a very big difference between just picking them up and putting them in the car versus um, talking them through picking them up and putting them in the car so um, talking them through what's happening of like hey I see you're not doesn't look like you're ready to put your shoes on right now mommy's got to go we're going to be late so I'm going to help you so I'm going to pick you up put you in the car we'll put our jacket and shoes on in the car. Makes sense. Yeah, because a lot of it, it's not even that he wants to do it. He just, no jacket, no shoes. (sighs) But it's freezing cold out there, buddy. Yeah, Alex doesn't want to wear a coat like Nathan either. (laughs) And oftentimes they will, right? Um, You know, like sometimes it's opening the door and letting them experience what that cold feels like, you know, and talking about that. But not definitely not leaving them out in the cold without clothing, right? He but would stay out there. Oh, I'm sure he would. <laughs> He'd be like, Can you see him up? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. 
about that natural consequence, right, of giving them that experience. They, they are clearly wanting to test that limit. Well, I don't want to go out there with a coat. So we go outside and experience what going out with a coat feels, without a coat feels like. Oh, it feels kind of cold. Do you see the goosebumps coming out? You see your fingers getting cold and your toes are starting to feel cold? Starting to talk about what it feels like or what's happening as that happens. Um, to transition it away from that struggle of getting that jacket on, but more about why we need the jacket on. Well, you always hear about choices. Like, do you want to wear this or this? Like giving choices to help them have this sense of control. But I don't know, with Hudson, that backfires every time. He just like he's still What just, happens? No. Well, he just says no. Like, I'll be do like, anything. do you want you to wear your dinosaur coat or do you want your, your yeah. raincoat? No coat. It's just no coat. Like, he doesn't even <laughs> want the choice. I'm like, I'm trying to like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to give you a choice. And no. <laughs> yes. This is kind of like that second stage of asserting their independence. At first, when they were younger toddlers, giving them choice was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I get to choose which one I get to pick. Yeah, I'll, I'll choose this one. But then as they get a little bit older, into you know, more deeply into the trying twos, um, they're just going to say no to everything and anything. Uh, and a strategy for that is to change it up and actually change it into a game that's appropriate and fun as opposed to this battle of choices. You know, um, maybe it's, hey, since you like dinosaurs so much, can the dinosaur um, stomp over to put his pants on? What does that look like? You know, can you give me the biggest roar after you put on your shirt? Um, that way, that becomes the fun game as opposed to, no, I don't want to put on anything. And now I'm going to run away and you chase me around the house. And that's the fun game that we play. Right. How can we make the task itself more fun? So what you're saying is if something doesn't work, then try something different. And eventually it might work again, right? Maybe Heather, the choices later. Exactly. Oh <laughs> it works like, again. I see but right now that, mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and remember, kids are motivated by things that are fun. So yes. add in things that they love and enjoy. And I know Hudson loves trucks. So maybe in the morning, putting his clothes on, on, on his dump truck that you send down the hallway for him to put on. Right. That triggers him to think differently of, oh, this is kind of cool. I've got my tow truck coming to give me my clothes in the morning oh, and I'm going to be a construction oh, worker a today. Yeah. Ooh, or right? the dump truck dumps the clothes onto the bed. Like, oh, I, oh, this is kind of, oh. Mm-hmm, that's I a good idea. Cool ideas. I mean, Alex loves Paw Patrol right now. Like, loves it. Okay. And I'm sorry, it, Jen. <laughs> it's, it's to the extreme. Now you will not wear anything else. Then Paw Patrol shirt, pants, shoes, socks, underwear. So if it's not all matching, it's a, it's a fit in the morning right now. Right. And of course, it was his it was his birthday not that long ago, and it was a Paw Patrol birthday, and he got a lot of Paw Patrol stuff. So not a clothing. So now he got that. This is cool, and all his friends like it. So, anyways, yeah. Now and actually, here and there around Halloween last year, you know, there's a lot of like Batman things that came out, and it's good. But everything has to match. You have the socks has to match the shirt has to match the batman pants and there's no end because if the batman socks are in the laundry right it's the end of the world it's the end of the world what do you yeah, mean yeah hudson had some halloween socks for five days in a row and until i finally could peel them off they were the purple spider socks and he was wearing them no matter what i was like i'm picking not picking my bat like fine wear your disgusting purple spider socks so 
because sometimes that's what it is for them. It's yeah, just it's what they want to do. Battles, yeah. you know. Yeah, it, what they if it, do. He, they're cool to wear those same pair of socks for five days. Okay, you know. But going outside in minus forty degree weather without a jacket—that's not an option. Exactly. But you yeah. know, no, exactly. It, it's Pick picking, your picking your battles. Sometimes I just do a lot of laundry choice. right now. Exactly, <laughs> and then hence uh, on non-school days, Hudson will sometimes be in part of his pajamas still because that's where he's like, no, I'm wearing my pajamas and it's no clothes. I'm like, okay, it's a long sleeve shirt. Basically, it's not that different. So yeah, picking battles, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think the game will work with him. Like, you know, switching up the construction worker, tow truck, outfit. See, I tried with the last like time we bought clothes and stuff. I was like, okay, I got the dump truck shirt. I got the digger shirt. I got like, I was literally like, trying to theme is and you're gonna be like me you're gonna start doing a lot of laundry heather well, though I could, all his shirts <laughs> everybody, that is, everybody. which is good but yeah the but laundry. then all of a sudden it was, it was i want to wear my pajamas i'm like oh. <laughs> <laughs> so okay what if you know some days it's a constant battles it's like one after the other sometimes we may start to feel like trigger and lose our patience over toddlers what are some tricks for us parents Give us some tricks. Yes. Help. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so much about behaviors and navigating behaviors and handling behaviors. First, first starts with handling ourselves and our own emotions, right? Checking in with ourselves, how we're feeling, and finding a way for us to calm down if possible. Um, and another big one is ask for support. Some days, you know, when we've just had it, we're at our wit's end. It's important to reach out, have your village that can support you, whether it's your partner, your husband, you know, another caregiver who can jump in and support the situation. Because once you get riled up to that state, sometimes no matter what you do, like it's not going to change or nothing's going to fix it or stop it. So it's, again, switching it up but not necessarily you needing to go out and deal with it, but getting other support to help. Mm-hmm. I do like to start the day with, I always talk about my five minutes pillow meditation and I set myself some intention of the day and it doesn't take very long. And sometimes there's a baby crying at that moment, but it doesn't, <laughs> I tried to do it before, but sometimes it just, it's just like that. And I still take the time to do it. And then you, put a smile on your face even if you woke up so many times during the night and for me personally it works because I, I try to keep myself aligned to that intention and often I'm gonna say when my kids were little that intention was pretty much the same one for a long time it's that's what I needed in that moment right but another thing that helped me was uh, sometimes I just needed to get out and even if my little one was not really it was not that easy but once we were let's say at the library for story time like the whole day there was a huge shift in the day just get out and if even though if all my friends were busy then I would meet new people and we're all on the same boat so sometimes we need to you know go out and go to those story time or go to the community center or go for a walk and Try to smile. Yeah, go find some different energy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that personally, that really helped me when I felt like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes when dealing with toddlers, we find that, um, I find when dealing with all the defiance and everything that Hudson becomes aggressive 
and hitting and kicking and even biting at times. Um, so what is the best way to handle this situation? Because for me, that's extremely triggering. Mm-hmm. And so common too, when our little ones, especially toddlers are frustrated, they often don't have the language to express to us how they're feeling. So they will showcase that to us through their behaviors, which is often kicking, biting, hitting, you know, all of those things. Um, beginning again by acknowledging what's happening and how they're feeling, right? And I know you do that really, really well, Heather, right? You're letting him know, hey, Hudson, I I can see how frustrated you are. You're really upset about that. Um, And reminding him what the expectation is, right? Hudson, I need you to be gentle. That hurts mommy when you hit mommy. I know you're really frustrated. Maybe offering an alternative to get his energy out. So perhaps offering a pillow. Hey, if you're frustrated and you need to hit something, you can hit this pillow. But please be gentle with mom, right? And then... Um, support him that way okay <laughs> <laughs> but I know it's it's so hard it's so, he's so strong now and like I mean at this point too because he is almost three he's using the language too so I I, I used to give him that excuse <laughs> but now it's like no he's fully saying it and physically kicking me like I don't want to put pants no pants no pa-, and flailing the legs and I'm like trying to body slam him down, trying to hold this. And you get one leg in and the other one's out and the other one goes in and the other one goes. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm getting whacked in the face and he's grabbing my arm, biting it while I'm trying to get this. I'm like. <sighs> yeah. And it's become, it's, it's become like a game for him, right? Where he like putting on clothes seems to be a bit of a challenge where whenever he, you, he sees you coming close with clothes, he's already like, N-O, get away from me. I don't want to do, I don't want to do this. But we're going to play this game. Yeah, but it, we're already, but we're not kind of there. Like he, he's, because he's still goes on his change table like he's very cooperative for diaper changes that way so he's lying there we've just done a diaper change we're all happy and he's playing with cars and then i go to put the pants so we're in a happy place Hmm. um have you asked him (laughs) to help you put on pants like included him in it where he's doing it doing more like instead of you putting pants on him um you're getting him to put it on or another idea because i know that i worked with alex is I would tell him, okay, now we're going to change your diaper. Mm-hmm. Well, Alex doesn't wear diapers anymore, but when right. he was, um, I would say, we're going to change your diaper, and then I have a shirt, and then, I, and if you, say, if you know he's going to say, no, don't go there, right? So I would grab a shirt, I have a shirt, mm-hmm. I have pants. So before we get there, mm-hmm. he knew already for us it worked. Not, may not, maybe not 100% of the time, but sometimes it did work. Oh, so no. instead of just being like, okay, now there's pants, surprise, you know? So, well, no, we've talked about the outfit. Yeah, I don't. I, this, that one little situation just got me lost. <laughs> I mean, even when we go to gymnastic, and- right? We have to actually, a few times we said to Alex, okay, this is where we're going to go. We're going to go to gymnastics. I know you love it. You have to follow the instructions of the teacher. And this is what we're going to do. We kind of explain it to him ahead yeah. of time. So he knew what to do the and, steps, and the yeah. steps. And that seems to work. But to put people in context... If you're listening, is Alex is over three now? He's just like right. three and a couple months, and um, so it's. Uh, but not maybe not bef- when he was two. I couldn't do that, right? No. Here's another suggestion that might work: is to um, plan clothing changes around tasks or events that he really enjoys. So, is there something that Hudson really enjoys doing? We could be going to see his best friend. We could be going to do anything that he loves. 
And in that moment, he doesn't want pants. <laughs> so even if you were to set it up of like, okay, once we put on your pants, we can go see your friend and we can mm-hmm. have this crazy play date and then have a all lot of, of sudden, fun. No Finn. No <laughs> Oh yeah. And he loves Finn or whatever, whoever. No nastics. Whatever. <laughs> yep. All of a sudden. So it's like, everything I like that. goes. Oh yeah. Oh, he is challenging okay. us. <laughs> so then it maybe it is the setting it up beforehand as opposed to waiting for it to happen, waiting until he's triggered and then figuring out how to deal with it. Set it up before that makes it so much fun that he's not even fighting you to put it on. Yeah, I like the, like, as you saw, bringing the truck in or whatever it is, that sort of thing. Because when he has agreed on whatever the pants are beforehand, then there's no problem putting them on. It's just all of a sudden, like... He has to agree to it. He has right? to, yeah, he has to be okay with the pair of pants that are going on. <laughs> oh, so then is it a matter of him choosing what pants he wants to wear out and of? I, and hence, I do that. And but, but then he says some, no to everything, right? But then sometimes it's no to everything, even though he loves the one pair of blue ones. I'm even letting him put dirty pants on because at this point I'm like, whatever, buddy, <laughs> you gotta cover your butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, set up a fun game. Yeah, I, I hide clothes around the house and get him to find all of it. <laughs> I love yeah, it. I, I guess it, it all revolves around finding oh, games, and you, totally. I, I guess Heather, you have to find yeah. the one that will make game. Him, yeah, <laughs> make him smile. Yes, because the thing around this too, it's psychology. That once it yeah. flips to, oh, I'm gonna play this fun game every time I put on clothes. I wonder what Mom's gonna do this time. I wonder if it's my right. dump truck that's coming or my construction truck that's coming. Then it's no longer gonna be a no. I don't want to do anything. I don't. I'm gonna yeah. fight you for everything. It's oh, now I'm excited to see what's right. gonna come, and I'm excited to get dress because there's this new game that we're playing yeah okay some new things to try (laughs) thank you you're welcome so do you have any tips around um i would say okay if i give you an example one minute i'm alex's best friend we're playing and all this and then i say no we can't do this you cannot jump on your brother and then you're not my friend anymore. Like instantly, right? We go from having a fantastic time to now you're not my friend. You're not my friend anymore. And then I want daddy. Now I switch to the other person. And I know at that age, they can often only be attached to one parent at a time. So, but if, I, if I'm if i the one that he's not happy with right now, then you'll go switch to daddy and I'm not your friend, right? Mm-hmm. So any tips around that? Again, it goes back to acknowledging what they're feeling because the words they say and the behaviors they showcase is a sign of their hurt that they're feeling inside or um, some disconnect inside that they're not able to express, right? So when they come out and tell you you're not their friend, um, acknowledge the deeper reasoning underneath of like, hey, looks like you're you know frustrated that we're upset with mommy that mommy had to say no to this you know, is that what hap- what's happening? And because he's three, he's able to verbalize a lot more. Then that way it can encourage him to have that dialogue with you of, yeah, I am upset because I'm not able to do that. And so as you acknowledge some more, you he gets to feel heard and understood. However, mm-hmm. you're still setting those limits and those boundaries that you're still not going to let him bulldoze his brother, right? But he, he feels heard and not just shut down. And what I see is doesn't have enough language right now 
to actually say that back to me. Even if actually I ask him, are you disappointed? I know you're sad. And I do talk like that a lot. But I think because he's not able, like where he's at developmentally, is not there. So he switches to go to the other attached parent, which is my husband. And he mm-hmm. goes to the other side. And then, of course, he goes, daddy, daddy, daddy. And he's oh, what's happening? Because often the other the other person is not in context of what's happening. So, of course, you go like, oh, you get like the fluffy love, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so something my partner and I do when that happens with our daughter is we make it a family event where if she says that, oh, mom, you're not my good best friend anymore and goes to dad, I'll end up trekking along over to them to explain what happened. So the three of us can have a conversation. So dad gets looped into what happened. So then dad and I are on the same page. So she isn't able to kind of play us off of one another. And so we can have a conversation about what happened. And we were doing that ever since she's been little, like two or three years old. Um, At the beginning, of course, when we talked about, hey, it looks like you're sad, looks like you're frustrated, all of these pieces, she wasn't able to verbalize back, but she was taking it in. So when she was developmentally able to express herself, she started to use a lot of those words back to us. So there would be times where she's upset with us and she'd be like, mom, I'm upset with you. Dad, I'm angry. Right. And those words will start to come out. So even though they're not responding right now in a way where you feel like they're expressing it back, know that they are hearing it and taking it in. No, I keep saying it all the time because I've seen it so far, right? Like just the other day, all of a sudden, Alex asked me for the 25th time to go back in his room, which doesn't happen that often, but that day he did. And I opened the door and I'm like, yes, Alex. And he said, mommy, I love you with all my heart. I've been telling him this since he's born, but that was the moment Then he actually tells me this but it was the 25th time that night I was so freaking done you know what I mean (laughs) so but all of a sudden and then he went to bed that was it right so yes I went back in the room for the 25th time and I was just about to be like what you know but that was the moment and he actually repeated to me what I've been telling him forever so it does sink in at one point. Yes. So everybody that's listening right now, there is hope. <laughs> Call your village if you need to breathe. Yes, yes, yes. And so, you know, when you say he was calling for you 25 times before he actually said that, sometimes it just takes our kiddos that long to formulate those words to be able to express it. So he was calling you 25 times because clearly there was something that he wanted to express. But up until the 24th time, he wasn't able to gather it all together, right? And so often, us as parents, we are our trigger points, right? We get triggered so quickly and so easily that sometimes our kiddos aren't able to reach that outcome of what they're actually wanting to express, which are those heart melt moments. And we've already lost it and we're so done that we don't hear it or we don't get a chance to let them express it. Yeah, I totally get that. And that day, I went to bed thinking like, I am so happy I went in that 25th time. (laughs) So Cherry, any last tips to help with this type of behavior? Yes. I think a big one that comes to mind is 
thinking about, as you know, as hard as it is to hear our little ones say no and be defiant or feel like they're not cooperating with us. And oftentimes parents come to me and ask me for um, advice or suggestions on this because they feel like they're losing control of their kiddo. They're worried that their kiddo is no longer listening to them and all of these limiting beliefs and programs that we have within us start to come out. And I always remind them to think about The fact that our little ones are saying no to us means they're comfortable with us. It means they feel safe with us to express what they truly feel. And so them asserting their independence, saying no, is all a sign that they're building their um, lifelong life skills, really, right? For them to be going out into the workforce, to be going out into the real world and be able to stand their ground and say no and not be swayed by anybody else's decision. That is an amazing skill that we are instilling into our little ones. Unfortunately, they have to practice it with us in our everyday (laughs) life. You know, unfortunately, there's life that we still have to go through and we need to trek them along to different things where they're defiant and not as cooperative as we would like them to be. But think about the bigger picture. You know, the fact that they are saying this and communicating this is because we are helping them build that confidence in themselves. Mm hmm. Well, thank you, Sherry. Sherry, we can find you on our panel of experts at parenttalk.ca. Where else can we find you? You can find us at parentinglittles.com. That's where we share a lot more about marriage, parenting, and life in general. And on social media, you can find us at Parenting Littles. Well, that concludes today's episode. I want to thank you, Heather, and thank you, Sherry, for taking the time to be here and helping us be the best parents we can be. So don't forget, if you want to hear a little bit more about Heather and I, we are releasing some mini episodes called Real Mom Moments, where we talk about what's happening in our daily lives. If you have a question or you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the Contact Us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. If you are near us, don't forget to check out Leapfrog Gymnastics and get your $25 off on your first month of classes with the promo code Parent Talk. Super easy. Just say Parent Talk. Call them. You betcha. <laughs> so follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can always subscribe directly to this podcast on our website at parenttalk.ca. If you enjoyed today's episode, we are inviting you to share it on your social media. As we all know, parenting can be hard. So it's important to remember to laugh, keep learning, cherish your village and be true to yourself. Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. Thank you for listening and have a great week. Bye. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner. Thank you.